0: Welcome back to Daycar Pod. I'm Jenna and I am so excited to pop back on the feed during this fucking glorious off-season of The Bachelor. I mean, I don't think it's long enough, but at the same time, would I be lying if I said I don't miss it a little bit? Yes, I would be lying. I'm looking down the barrel of many, many contents in the next couple of months and I'm like actually getting excited about it, but I am enjoying this little break, but I'm also really excited that during this break, I have been blessed with something that I, I okay, I just got chills, fuck, something I kind of didn't think would maybe ever fucking happen, and it's that there is a mainstream major network queer dating reality show and it is The Ultimatum Queer Love, hosted by none other than Piece of Shit Netflix. And I am so excited to talk about it, though, and recap it with y'all. And to help me on this first episode, to talk about the first four episodes of The Ultimatum Queer Love, I am so excited to bring on a new guest to the podcast, a writer, a musician, a podcaster, a children's entertainer. Please welcome to the podcast, Lynn's Ammer. Hey, what's up? Hi. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I was so excited to hang out and chat. Like I, I, we were just talking before. Somebody sent me your post about your book that's coming out soon. Yeah. Called Rainbow Parenting and about your little tour you're doing across the country. And I was like, this is really cool. I shared it, and then you slid into the DMs. You're like, hey, I know you because my partner used to talk to you about Queer Bachelor. Let's talk. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, let's do it. I'm stoked.
0: Yeah, let's let's like I guess before we get into like dating and. Or reality dating shows and all sorts of things. I really want to talk about your book and mm-hmm. what you're doing. So... Yeah, rainbow parenting. I guess it's just all about rainbows. It's not gay at all, is it?
1: <laughs> not gay at all. Oh my gosh, it's like the gayest thing ever. Um, Yeah, so I, I started a web series in 2016 called Queer Kid Stuff. And so this is like started me on this career journey of just like making queer stuff for kids in like mm. a bunch of different ways. And that has since manifested into this book that I've written rainbow parenting your guide to raising queer kids and their allies and it's like it's a parenting book but like it's really for anyone who has kids in their lives so like yes. caregivers teachers like and i feel like you know <laughs> most people have a kid in their life in some capacity whether you're like an aunt or an uncle or an ankle or you know a. Uh, Cousin or a- anything really, so uh, yeah, that's kind of who the book is for, and it really is like what it says it is. It's a guidebook for people to like help them raise young folks in like a queer and gender affirming way, yeah, I hope it helps <laughs> uh,
0: uh, yeah, we need it so much, I mean, like uh, it's just sad it's sad to think about how rough it is out there for queer kids and trans kids and yeah. with everything that's happening in Florida and all these other states and everything that's just going on it's really rough and it's scary it's scary and you have so many parents who love their queer kids and mm-hmm. want to just have a great family life you know i think that there's something to be said that like parenting is so hard and nuanced and yeah. you're never going to get it really right and But, you know, you're out there trying and then, yeah, and, like, in some ways, you do what's best to your kid, right? Do what's best for your kid, all these things. But there isn't – sometimes there isn't, like, a guide, right? Like, I mean, you're – and if you are straight yourself and you're like, I don't know – how to really best model this in and it really shouldn't be that different right like just give them like good love and everything's fine and it's not different but i can understand where it would get in a position where some people might feel like they're a fish out of water and so to have resources and to have just like friendly accessible things for them is so great
1: well and i also think that like you know we've all been raised in this like cis heteronormative world right so like no matter how you identify if you're a queer or trans yourself if you're you know a straight person raising children like we've all been just like ingrained with this like rigid gender structure this rigid idea of like you are probably going to be assumed to be you know grow up to be a straight person and like so much of what the book does is like try to disrupt those assumptions and like disrupt these like constructs that we've been all been raised in unless you're like you know you grew up in like you know a queer community in san francisco in like the 80s and 90s but like that's a very small subject of people (laughs) who like i you know i i i envy that that life but um yeah i think that the book it's really for the subtitle is like very specific in like you know raising queer kids and their allies and like the secret is that that's every child like <laughs> um that's yeah. kind of like yeah, and like you know it's not like a prescriptive parenting book i'm not telling you like exactly mm-hmm. how to do this i think that there is mm-hmm. no one right way to do it but there like are a lot of wrong ways and i'm trying to steer <laughs> you <laughs> i'm trying to steer you away from the wrong ways and point you kind of in the right direction with like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. kind of a parenting philosophy that's kind of what like quote-unquote rainbow parenting is trying to be because i'm not telling you like you know what to expect when we're expecting like i'm not telling you like what milestones you're trying to reach with your fine motor skills with your three-year-old like that's not what the book is about the book is about like okay like I'm going to suggest that you start talking to your kid about pronouns at the age of three, Mm -hmm. because like, that's usually when they're going to start being able to process and like have the developmental skills and cognitive understanding of the world to be able to like absorb that and start thinking about like, Oh, like that's what a pronoun is like, okay, maybe I want to use this or I want to try this out or I want to try this out this day. And I'm like, okay, great. Like that's a great time to start introducing that into their environment. But like if a, person comes to the book with like a seven-year-old like I also still think it's relevant because you're still like trying to undo all these biases you have Mm. when you're raising Mm. kids in this society right and so it really especially the introduction of the book just like does a lot of work to like okay how can we strip away all these biases and stigmas that we have around transness and queerness and kids and try to like move forward in a healthy way with the young people in our lives so Yeah, I hope it like answers the question of like, how do I actually hashtag protect trans kids? And I'm like, okay, these are things that you can do in your day to day lives in your relationships with young people that like actually will make a significant impact in like a large scale if like everybody does it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, everyone. It's like little steps and then it makes a bigger like a bigger mountain if we can just like all kind of work together. Exactly. I am so excited and I'm so excited to read it as a caregiver and spread the good word and you're going on tour to you know promote it yep. and read it i'm sure and do music this is
1: like the biggest tour i've ever done i've done travel for performances mm-hmm. and gigs and stuff before but never kind of like on this massive scale especially not during pride month um i'm doing a seven city tour that i wow. uh coordinated myself which uh oh my God, would not yes. recommend <laughs> <laughs> um i'm doing i'm starting in portland maine and then hopping to portland oregon which just uh, is just kind of a funny thing that happened um yeah. going down to la i'm going to be in chicago then san francisco bay area boston for like a hot sec and then ending the month in new york city so uh, all the information is on my instagram and like the social medias and the queer Kids stuff website if anyone wants to check out that because i'm doing author events at bookstores that are all all i think um queer trans owned um indie bookstores um and i'm doing a bunch of like family and children's performances too so that's kind of like a part of it as well because i do both
0: I'm so excited. Hopefully I can come to one of them in June in Portland. Let's do it. Okay. So enough of that cool, important shit. Let's talk <laughs> about the fuck shit. <laughs> <Sounds great. laughs> and that is reality dating shows and what have you. So you're a batchy. You've been a Batch fan. You've yeah. watched. You do you still watch? I do mostly
1: still watch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I... Will say that I, I mean, yeah, I do watch. I, yes. it's one of those like begrudging things. I feel like it's kind of the thing where if like I miss a week, I'm like, eh, I don't need to catch up. I'm fine. Um, yeah. I listen to the podcast Game of Roses like mm-hmm. extremely regularly. I love, I mean, ultimately ultimately i um i love a competition show that's like Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to like Mm -hmm. top chef the challenge like that stuff is my jam and the bachelor and like reality dating shows because i don't just watch i watch like you know f boy island and the ultimatum yes. and like love is blind like all those kinds of things and like ultimately it just is like the rom-com version of the yeah, competition of camp- of yeah, that absolutely. like i love but yeah um begrudgingly i guess a part of bachelor <laughs> <laughs> nation <assassination. laughs> no we're queer we're here We're in exactly it really there started as like a queer <laughs> friend group thing for me i didn't yes. watch it I, I haven't watched it for that long. I've watched yeah. it starting with uh, Colton season.
0: Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That <laughs> was uh, quite a way to get into <sighs> it, for sure. Um, but, yeah, then just kind of, like, locked in with, like, this, like, queer friend group of mine. And we started, like, watching it together. And, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why I'll never, like, it, it, the. I love how it community usually brings people into it too um I've heard that many times famously our, our good friend Ash Talks Batch you know she was in like a work thing with her friends and they were talking about the fact that Rachel Lindsay was going to be the bachelorette so they started watching and then they became like besties and or maybe Amazing. they deepened their friendship and then yeah like then you find yourself into it because you it community will always bring people in like the water cooler talk of it all it's yeah. just like so good and as you and I were joking earlier it's, like, honestly, one of the gayest shows around town, oh, in a way. <laughs> my god. No, for real, though. I feel like I feel like
1: The Bachelor, The Bachelor in particular, out of all the other reality dating shows, I feel like it's heterosexual camp. Yes! Like, that's, like, how I feel about it. I'm just kind of like, ooh, this is, like, an interesting world that I have absolutely no part in. I feel mostly pretty bad for the people. <laughs> Yes, or stuck yes, in that world right. and I'm just kind of like you are doing this to yourselves and therefore I will be entertained <laughs> <laughs> and like you know the malpractice of the producers aside like mm-hmm. like that's awful and like you know I hope yes. that they hopefully they unionize and like add mm-hmm. to the strike that's happening and like all that stuff yeah I just
0: uh it's just funny <laughs> It is funny, and it just, like, hits all these, like, stereotypes really well that we'll get into when we're talking about the ultimatum Mm -hmm. and, like, U-Hauling and trauma dumping and just, like the way that you would even potentially engage and get married with somebody oh in a short yeah. period of time like it's all stereotypes but it's also like it does work and it is like what it is
1: yeah it's all archetype storytelling I mean like yeah. that's I, that's a, like I love astrology I love tarot like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff it's like all archetypal storytelling um I don't. we don't have to get too deep into like being mm. a creative but like I I feel like there's something about reality tv that really like strips down and like reveals those archetypes in like an interesting way Mm -hmm. and it's just like it just works like like these archetypes and like characters and storylines have been around for thousands and thousands of years and like there's a reason (laughs) why it works and continues to work and like these producers and the people who make these shows they like understand that and Mm -hmm. they can Mm -hmm. they understand that they can like mold a person into whatever they want through mm-hmm. the lens of a camera and mm-hmm. uh they can make money off of it and um <laughs> the, that's ultimately what it is i think
0: yeah and then we get to reap the benefits of enjoying it
1: <laughs> exactly and i'm like more queer ones please because yes. we get these like tiny little snippets of like queer reality shows and
0: they're so good
1: they are so brilliant. And uh, yes. yeah, we can start talking about that maybe.
0: Exactly. I uh I, a great a great good queer dating show uh I shot at Love with tila Tequila. Oh, mm. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, I remember watching tila Tequila on MTV. I think I watched like the finale with Danny and like yes. like when I was I must have been like 11 or 12 or something like that. And I remember watching I was like at an all-girls school at the time and I was like, "Oh, this and i think it was like a sleepover or something and i think i like went and like started watching it on my own after that and i was like oh what's this and i think danny was probably one of the first like soft butches that i like ever watched on tv and like danny seems to be like living danny's
0: best life right now like on instagram i like yeah, mm-hmm. um. <laughs> yeah, they're good. I just did a, a recap of that season on um, it's become a whole thing podcast. If anyone's listening, wants to check out out uh, my friend Emily Rose and I did a whole season one deep dive. It was pretty oh wild. God. Wait,
1: of Teela Tequila?
0: Yeah, yeah, the first season. Oh my it's god, pretty wild. Wow. And I remember when I was watching those episodes to prepare for the podcast, I had watched it obviously when I was younger too. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when Danny came on the screen, when I was rewatching it, I like fell over because I was like, oh. Oh, I remember when I became gay. Like, that was, like, <laughs> literally... I, like, couldn't... It, like, fu- fucking fucked with me, man. Dan, everyone, incredible. like... It, it. I was like, oh, I remember! I was, like, dating my shitty high school sweetheart at the time, and I was like, no, I am very gay. Oh, my God. But, incredible. yeah, it was obviously a really horrible show, and it really, like, made such a mockery of bisexuality. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I wasn't looking at it with a critical lens at 11, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you
0: what, rewatching it, oh my god. Oh my god, god, I'm sure, yikes. It was so bad, but it, it yeah, it, there was literally actually, like, kind of nothing good to say about it, but, like, yeah. it was, for what it was, it was also, like, something that had never been done before, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just excited that we've, in general, like, occasionally retried it, like, in different ver- variations over yeah. the years, and yeah. and now we're getting into a full-on, just completely, you know queer dating show that is it's just like really well done so far like we only watched the first four episodes but it's like I'm just so excited about it and I am hopeful that this is going to be like a domino effect to like bring in more because it's already so dramatic and good and I I just like I'm just so excited. Cause I've been asking for this for so long in the bachelor space. Like I've been podcasting for five years and it's just like mm. every year, like you fucking cowards, like, and then you gave us Demi, but it just like, Ugh, uh. an and it was so messy. Uh. And then it's just like, Demi my on. queen. <laughs> yeah. It was, and God willing, God bless her. And I, uh, but like, it's just so sad. And you know, so this is the thing I always say, you say, can there be a queer bachelor? And they, and people will go, well, all the people would just end up fucking each other and not with the lead. And I say, and your point is that is the most dramatic season we all yeah. ever had. What is
1: wrong with that? I mean, okay, look at I'm sure you guys talked about the are you the one season, the the A little bit which is i think one of my favorite also i'm so sorry about my dog who's just like going off that season of are you one are you the one is like maybe one of my favorite seasons of a reality dating show like maybe ever because it was just so chaotic it was so good i just like i was i mean okay there it certainly had problems but like of course
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: but like that's true of any reality dating show on any mm-hmm. season <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean like this this new season of the Ultimatum Queer Love has like given me just like all of the vibes that I like got from Are You the One? And I there's certainly a lot of differences that we'll talk about, but like, oh, I just like I need more of this. I need more, give me more. And it's such like I think there's just so much talk about like producer tactics and like the ethics of all of that. And I'm just like you're pro- like, you can solve this problem by just putting a bunch of horny gays in a room together because they're gonna make the drama happen because that's just a part of queer culture and you don't have to torture them to make it happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God, Linz! Exactly. No, I'm sitting here. I'm watching this, and I'm like, so much of this is so believable, like mm-hmm. full. And I have a critical ass eye. I tr- and there's mm-hmm. actually something I'm gonna. There, uh, let's we'll get into the Vanessa of it all. There is literally mani- mm-hmm. producer manipulation happening, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so just naturally happening because this is how gays are and like yeah. it's so good and I, I oh my god you're right like the bachelor you could really the producers you need a break you guys need to unionize just put a queer season you don't even have to do right shit. just make sure they're safe and not over drinking and we're fine yeah yeah oh. it's because okay I mean I
1: think a part of it too is that like we're as queer people and trans people like pretty traumatized by like the world around us already mm-hmm. so like I think the ethics is more about like, okay, how can we like trigger people (laughs) and like instead of like creating new trauma and like that is like honestly very clear in this season of the ultimatum like you can see like oh this person should not be on television they are not well enough they have not healed enough and like that is the thing that's like causing so much conflict and i'm like producers did not need to manipulate that like that is just like what has happened to this traumatized person who has not worked on themselves who should not be on reality television who is just like getting all kinds of triggered and it's like causing all these wacky responses
0: you're so fucking right oh my god it's I love it. and i'm not saying
1: that's good or ethical no, on no, its I own know, either but, like,
0: <laughs> but if that's what we're looking for and that's what we're watching it's just like it's right there it's, it's literally right there oh okay so um so for those who haven't watched the ultimate before, uh it is a netflix-based uh, dating show this is the second season it's a listen y'all
1: the it's premise a, it's fucked, yeah it's for the show it's not good it's not
0: good <laughs> top to bottom i absolutely hate it. i watched season one and i hated every second of it but like i also loved it i was like oh my god yeah but i but i was like this i hate this i would rather watch love is blind i mm-hmm. think but now my fucking uh, whatever okay anyway so the, the premise is five couples come into this experiment uh, one person in each of these five couples has issued an ultimatum to their couple their other person in their show um the relationship to uh propose to them or the relationship is ending and then they get to mingle for a week with the other people and all the couples mm-hmm. and then eventually pair off into new couples and spend three weeks having a trial marriage as they call it in a, like an apartment building yeah <laughs> uh, with your new partner and with still at times seeing your ex they call them exes but it's okay it's so um, weird. and then at the end of the three weeks the original couples go back to each other they spend an additional week together, maybe two, and then and that's fucked. And then they, uh oh god, yeah, do an ultimatum where uh, they have to cho- they have to choose in the end to the person who was given the ultimatum has to propose or break up, and they have the option of then ending up with the person they did shack up with for three weeks. Fucked. I mean, truly fucked. <laughs> it's it's an
1: absolutely wild premise, but I will say that like from the like creation of it side of things like the thing that's brilliant about it about this like wild premise is that like you're tapping into a pool of people that have like never really been able to be like tapped into for reality dating which is like people who are coupled like who are in relationships (gasps) right oh
0: my god
1: right like, wow. like that's, like, not a normal thing for a reality dating show, that, like, you're casting people who are in relationships specifically. So, like, I think that it's, like, there, that's the part of it where I'm kind of like, oh, this is, like, kind of brilliant from, like, a casting perspective and, like, a yeah. producerial perspective. Yeah, I'm here for that. It's a wild, it's a wild idea.
0: <laughs> and as somebody who's, like, into ethical non-monogamy, mm-hmm. it makes me want to like bang my head against the wall you know most of it because i'm just like have you looked it up like come on like it's fine but like i get it it's it's whatever we're gonna play in the space of people who are not interested in that at the time for sure but what's
1: interesting (laughs) i i mean i don't know drag my memory for like the actual like uh, not the the straight version of the ultimatum right um I can't remember, I feel like there was more like hubbub about the like switch, whereas, like with like the queer version, it felt like a little bit more like, okay, like we're gonna switch like that's fine, like that makes sense in this environment Absolutely. and like there was a little bit more of like a normalization of the like, okay, I'm gonna be with someone else for a little bit now. we're gonna like have fun, and we're gonna do a thing. we're gonna try it out and have this experience. But like I feel like with the straight couples, that was like a little bit more like out there. So I maybe I feel like that's kind of where the difference came from with like the ethical non monogamy of like of it all.
0: That's so good. You're right. I love that because I one of my notes was like during the decision time where they Mm -hmm. switch couples. I was like every single person was like fucking down for it, and I was like, oh wow, I've never. (laughs) This is different from the first season. And Mm -hmm. you're right. It's because in general the queer community is on a whole a little bit more. It's just more normalized. With their, yeah, with her. Wasn't their there a couple dynamics. that, like,
1: walked off in, like, the, like, at that yeah. decision? Yeah. In mm-hmm. the straight version? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they truly, they were like, no, we're done with this, and whatever. They're married now. So, um, let's get into the couples that we have. The original couples entering into this, uh, experiment, um, first one is Mildred. She, her, she's a Virgo, and mm, Tiff, they, them, makes sense. and they are Aquarius, um, <laughs>
1: And, oh my god, I didn't know there's sides. That's yeah. amazing.
0: <laughs> I have all but maybe one, maybe two, yeah. And I'm hoping to get more. <laughs> we'll get it mm, the next episode. I love it. Uh, they met, Tiff found Mildred during, with the hashtag latina lesbians sorry lesbian latina okay i have
1: a question though is this (laughs) a thing that i i am married and have been with my wife for i think going on six years now so i haven't been dating for a while so is this a thing that people find each other through hashtags
0: now listen i'll tell you what my first ever threesome was through myspace there you go (laughs) so i think we just evolved (laughs) i guess so they are a gorgeous couple they're all spoiler they're all fucking hot um uh, yeah every single one of these people and they have been together I, I can't quite remember a little bit like a year and a half or so um okay yeah they were not them. no
1: they were only together for 11 months i just watched okay. the rewatched the first episode to jog my memory <laughs>
0: less than a year you guys their thing is that they break up often yes, yes. so not passing any volatile. judgment on it, but it's definitely very gay and
1: <laughs> indeed.
0: Mildred is the one who issued the ultimatum, and uh, Tiff, if I remember correctly, their reasoning was just like not just not just not quite sure if they're ready for the Oh no! Well, they go into a little long- later too. They they never really had to think about marriage because uh, gay marriage was illegal for so long, um, right, which yeah. I thought was a really beautiful moment talking about that. Let's see here. Next up we have Vanessa and Xander. They mm-hmm. um I never got Vanessa's sign, but Xander is a Capricorn.
1: I would put Vanessa's like an Aries or like a Leo. I feel a very fire sign energy from Vanessa. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay, we good. We good. Love that. They are a couple that is based out of Hawaii. They uh they live there rather and
1: they're like high school sweethearts, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. They've been together for like a while. They've been dated for four years and they're like rub. Basically uh, Xander proposed or you we know, have issued the ultimatum and Vanessa's like thing is that she, this is the part where it's like, makes me want to scream. She doesn't want to be committed. She doesn't want uh, to settle down yet, which is totally fine. And maybe ever. And I'm like, monog- non-monogamy. Have you looked it up? Please. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. Vanessa is a Virgo. I remember Virgo. Oh. She has she has my same birthday. Oh wow!
1: Do you have August fire s- fire signs in your chart?
0: Um, I think so.
1: Okay, there's got to be some other things going on there. But that's so interesting—a Virgo and a Capricorn. Okay, all mm-hmm. right, two Earth signs.
0: Next up, we have Ozzy and Sam. Mm-hmm. Ozzy doesn't have any pronouns listed, and Sam is she, her, and she is an Aquarius, mm-hmm. and uh, they are an adorable couple. They're like. As far as like original couples go, they were one of my favorites, and they were the one. Yeah, they're very interesting. But I definitely like almost thought the show was trying to hide them in a Mm. way that they were gonna just end up together. I'm not spoiled, so I don't know. But like, um, they kind of seemed at first glance the most like well adjusted and like like they've been together for a long time yeah i thought they mixed well they just seem so in love and their stories like they talk about how they just like when they first touched it was like butterflies it just has been like this wonderful thing since um sam is the one that gave the ultimatum and ozzy's reasoning is that they are just like they're just anxious about i guess yeah commitment as well and kind of fully like settling down they're like 42 years old i think and they just yeah. are not Really interested in that and I, I really respect that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I have I have thoughts and feelings about Ozzy, but we can get that. We can get into that.
0: Certainly. <laughs> uh next up is Lexi She Her Capricorn mm-hmm. and she is with Ray, uh, which I did not get there.
1: I'm pretty sure Ray is she her.
0: She her and I didn't get her uh signs but oh, yes she didn't she didn't open my dms yet <laughs> and the other people who slid into my dms let me know a lot of these said they couldn't remember ray so shout out to that uh, um, nice. we'll find out uh Lexi, ray they started off as a booty call turned into a relationship they've been going on for three years they say ray is a boobs girl
1: classic ray is like very sporty that's yes. like the vibe that i got from ray
0: mm-hmm. yes very sporty gorgeous She's maybe
1: everyone's just really hot on the show. So
0: fucking hot! Oh my god. Um, and then the last couple we have is Mal and Yoli. They uh, Mal is she they and a Virgo, also born on August 20th There's so too. many Earth signs. I know. So <laughs> oh good. So many Earth
1: and like Aquarius too. That's very interesting.
0: And then Yoli is she hers and Leo. Hmm.
1: Okay. Okay. Some fire in the mix there.
0: I get the buyer in there. They were kind of a uh, friends to lover situation. They'd been dating for three years. Uh, Yali was um, Mal's stylist at Barney's. They got each other's number and flirted and then became friends and then eventually became partners. Yali is the one that's issued the ultimatum and Mal says that they want to ma- uh, to marry them but they just want to be able to ha- like have a house and have enough money saved up. So they're like that classic couple we had that in season 1 too where there's one where it's like no I have no problem with marriage and you but I just really want to be more established and ready yeah. for this and because they are a Virgo.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mal just, like, doesn't feel like, uh, you know, adulting enough, right? That's, like, kind of the vibe that I got.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. Um. And then they get introduced to this woman named Joanna Swisher. Ugh. Oh, my God. Can we what talk is about happening? this for, like, a
1: second? Can we talk <laughs> yes. about this for a second? Where are the laches? Like, why have we gotten... Who is this person? Why don't we have the regular hosts for like all of the netflix reality dating shows like what is up with this
0: and listen listeners you might think oh well they had a different one because because she's gay no
1: she's not she's straight in the very beginning in the first episode they're like are you gay and she's like no (laughs) (laughs) and then they were all like you're really hot
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what she is, what she is, and she seems nice, but I was just like, what? And, and and to your point, like, why are they having a different person? Because that's kind of homophobic. I'm just going to say hey, it. Oh,
1: homophobic. no. 100% is. I clocked that immediately. I was like, okay, you're like already treating this show like it's like secondhand. Like, what is going on here? You're not like. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I was just like, what is going on? Netflix, come on, guys.
0: It's really, it's just, it's like, oh, this is different. This is a different one. And, like, I would maybe let it fly if she was gay. I'm not saying cancel, Joanna. I'm just saying it's just silly. And I don't Oh, it's not her fault. It's not her fault.
1: Don't go in her comment section. It's not her. They needed to find, they either needed to have the Lachey's buck up and do this or they needed to find a rad queer per. Like, uh, how cool would it have been if they'd gotten, like, Sada Ramirez to be, like, Che Diaz and, like, come in and host this show? Like, oh like someone like that who's just, like, banging and can, like, hold their own and, like, that all these people are gonna, like, drool over and, like but like also is like queer and like understands and like gets it and like that would have been the only way i would have been like okay like i can take i can understand why they didn't have the laches on here but like this makes absolutely no sense as a choice like this is not even a person that like i recognize is not a person in like queer culture vernacular like yeah i was like what is going on
0: my only reasoning to believe is that the laches must be homophobic (laughs)
1: I mean, I'm not going to put it up. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard them say otherwise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, when we get into the week. They do their mixing and mingling. Immediately, everyone's going into different relationships and trying to figure out where they're going to vibe. Everyone's <laughs> doing classic, like... uh, it's, Okay, so this show is fucking wild because it is on netflix there's like zero censorship so they are just Mm -hmm. talking about anatomy left and right they're talking about being bottoms and tops they some of the
1: conversations on this show i was like whoa y'all are getting into it on this streaming service
0: wild shit and then you know because um the kind of presentation of the people varies from like high femme to yeah. like hard butch, soft butch. Um and yeah. everything in between.
1: <laughs> it's mostly like femme butch couples. I don't is yeah. there a femme for femme?
0: Yeah. Well, okay, I guess because Ray is probably not necessarily
1: Yeah, I um, don't know how she would identify on that Yeah.
0: Way. Yeah, kind of not. It's all yeah. But it's so so of course there's just like a lot of conversations and like there'll be like two butches at a table being like, well I wouldn't have necessarily uh dated you before but like you're really great and yeah so it's just like fun it's good
1: (laughs) yeah they were like open to it and like uh yeah it was that was kind of like nice that they yeah it was like a good array i thought of people i thought it was cast Mm -hmm. decently
0: yeah yeah overall except
1: for the gender stuff i was like i'm like a little i don't know the maybe this is like an editing thing but Mm -hmm. i was i I, like i'm impressed that you got pronouns for tiff Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i'm just kind of like okay there are some people who are having some gender stuff here maybe Mm -hmm. but like no one's really putting pronouns in the lower third so i'm kind of like okay what's happening and then ozzy has that like random aside it's like i'm questioning my gender and i was like okay but then everybody start uses she her pronouns for Ozzy and I'm kind of like uh is that what's going on with that and mm-hmm. like I'm I am not here to speculate anyone's identity but uh I'm seeing some uncracked eggs here yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i I would really wonder if it is like a choice again on editing or something because a lot of it now mm-hmm. the what I got it from most of them mm-hmm. are because they are being posted about on Netflix on Instagram. Mm-hmm. and in the Instagram, they included their pronouns, but on the oh. show, as you said, they don't have them in their chirons, yeah, which I thought was very interesting. And who God knows when this show was actually recorded. Cause it must have been like last summer or something. Yeah, like that, right? it's yeah. So it's ugh, there's time and nuance and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Any any major things that you? Okay, so I guess we start to get the beginnings of the v- Vanessa villain edit. Arc. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because they have that scene with like Xander and Vanessa talking. Um, my, just like having watched more of episodes and then like watching that again. My take on Vanessa is that she went into this like thinking she's like hot shit and like I'm just like gonna bang someone else and then I'm gonna be able to go back to Xander and like have a great time and like that's that's like definitely what she went in with and uh it doesn't like come off very well
0: (laughs) no it's hard to it's hard to stomach because she's a really smiley person she's very mm-hmm. like upbeat and like personable and yeah definitely an extrovert and mm-hmm. so she, it like smiles when she's saying something really cunty, and I like love that. It's kind of like my, <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that. But it's hard. It's hard to watch. And she's just, and she, it, the, it, the thing is, like you probably could get an interview with almost any of these people of them saying to the camera, "Uh, I'm just like really great, and I'm like vibing with everybody because she like vibes with everyone on her opinion." And it's like, okay, yeah. you're not here to try to make this relationship work with Xander. You are here just to, like, fuck. Yeah. And it kind of continues on as things go on.
1: Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just, like, you know, is like, the for the wrong reasons thing, right?
0: Right. Right. Oh, my God. They say that so much in this. I was like, I hope a bachelor sues them. No, JK. (laughs) We get the choice night um, Mm -hmm. where they choose to end up with different couples and Mm -hmm. then we'll start talking about the couple dynamics i think a little bit more yeah yeah sure so basically as we said earlier they just are it's everyone's gung-ho for it they're emotional everything's emotional but they're just like when joanna's like hey like xander how was your week like meeting different people they're just like i am fucking in love with yali (laughs) is fine it is the way that they talk is very just like so gay and they're just like I, this is like the best week of my life I came in here not knowing and now I like kind of know I want to be with this person there's so it's it's wild
1: it's really wild I mean it's like you get a bunch of like lesbians into this show that like literally has you hauling like built into the structure of it and like yeah it's just yeah chaos absolutely ensues
0: so, like, each person just immediately starts just, like, talking about how amazing their week was with this new people. And yeah. their partner is sitting at the table across from them just being like, oh, God, I fucking hate this. But then when it's their turn, they're like, uh, Mildred to, like, Sam. They're just like...
1: This decision, like, dinner thing is, like one of the most stressful scenes i've maybe ever watched in reality tv even like i mean like the one like the straight version was like already extremely dramatic but like oh my gosh the emotions were so high here and like also i think that like what's different about this version of the show as well is that like nobody is like censoring themselves Mm -hmm. everyone is just being so blunt and direct and i think that like says something about like communication within the queer community that's like kind of cool and great but also like everyone was just like laying it out and like being kind of like mean because like because of that like it was like nasty in a lot of ways yeah there was something like so strange and like about like witnessing that level of like transparency Mm. amongst these people so i don't like totally know what to make of that but
0: no yeah I, that's why i wrote my notes i was like this is the most dramatic and most like real thing i've ever seen and it's because yeah. they're all gay just being so so authentically like open and honest and just like the, this kind of conversations you have in your like queer couplings and your relationships at home just like and it's not that straight people can't like have whatever but you know no, but saying. they're it's not just, used Ugh. to it
1: in the same way i feel like there's just like a, a level of communication that's built into the queer community because you know we have to grapple with like self in like a yeah. lot more of like a profound way than like most yeah. straight cis people have to yeah. and so like because we've had to do a lot of that like internal questioning we're Generally, I would think more. I mean, this is certainly not true of everybody on the show, yeah. but I think like queer people generally are a little bit more like in touch with like ourselves and like mm-hmm. our ability to communicate that to others is mm-hmm. therefore a little bit more clarified. But that is definitely a generalization. There are certainly people who are on this show who are uh, not in touch with themselves. <laughs>
0: oh boy so yeah it's real dramatic basically Mm -hmm. here are the couplings the new ones we have mel is mel is now with lexi Mm -hmm. we have sam with tiff we have ozzy with mildred we have vanessa with ray and we have xander with yali Mm -hmm. and it's all kind of expected the one dramatic part of course is that so what you should know is that at one point vanessa our baddie Mm -hmm. she was going on all these dates she started narrowing down onto lexi Mm -hmm. and ray those were an original couple now that's another (laughs) thing that this show now because you're talking about gayness is even possible because before in the straight version they couldn't do that kind of thing how could one person date two people from the original couple Mm -mm. the claws come out y'all so that gets dramatic. That gets like whatever. You're like trying to date me and my ex. Blah blah blah. Eventually, Lexi God. finds out that Vanessa's like not here for the right reasons and is yeah. just here to fuck around. And then, but Ray is like, but I want to be with her. And Vanessa zeroes in on Ray and is with her. And during the like call out session of the the, it gets like there's a little heated like call out session like at one point Lexi like stops the dinner and is like listen everybody Vanessa's like kind of a piece of shit and she's not here for the right reasons and I'm really bothered by the fact that she's coming for my like ex like this is I don't like it I don't trust it but I know I can't like do anything about it and Vanessa's just like smirking the entire time
1: (laughs) yeah Lexi goes like next level like on Vanessa (laughs) and
0: then and then Ray Chooses her. And it's, it's just like, oh my god. And then a secondary part is at one point when Xander starts talking to, so yeah, so Xander is talking about how they're interested in choosing Yali. And they were like, oh, they remind me of this person I like dated once before. And Vanessa just like interrupts everything. And it's like, who's that? Who the fuck was that?
1: <laughs> the like territorialness of like, especially like, I'll say like some of the fems (laughs) is like is like pretty intense. I have to say. Yeah,
0: it's really like, what is happening? And then it just like goes whatever. And at one point, right after it kind of like gets kind of settled a little bit, Mm -hmm. Vanessa starts mouthing "fuck off" at Xander and, like, does it a couple times, and you would think it was some kind of weird fucking editing. No! Immediately later, Mildred or somebody else, like, brings it up and is like, hey, after everything's, like, kind of solid, they're just like, I feel really uncomfortable that you're sitting here, like, aggressively antagonizing your partner.
1: Yeah, it's, like, not a cute
0: moment for Vanessa. Not great. Mm
1: -mm. Xander is certainly getting a lot of uh, victimization in this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. So not great. Uh and yeah, so anyway, everyone matches up as we said and Joanna speaks up and straight Joanna, she's like, Hey, everyone, this is <laughs> straight real... Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> she's, hey, uh we're so this is it, bit. Like, go live with these people for three weeks and good luck. <laughs> Have
1: fun. Have fun. I feel like she's just like the whole time. She's like extremely deer in headlights. She's just kind of like, what is going on? I feel like she is like us watching The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
0: Why would they do that? This is kind of Exactly.
1: It's kind of like, what's going on here? What is this, like, world that I just, like, kind of am realizing I don't understand as I'm here and, like, I should not be hosting this show right now, but I'm going to cash the checks anyways.
0: (laughs) So... Basically, we get all those different things. So I will say, before we get into some of the relationship dynamics, I want to get your opinion on how do you feel about the show not shying away at all from, like, the intimacy that we're seeing on screen? And I'm just curious what your thoughts on, because, like, I have... I I like it. Yeah,
1: I'm a fan. I think that, like, I mean, they do that with the straight couples. Like, I mean i watched the season of perfect match and like it basically soft porn half the time so (laughs) like i think that you know i think there's something to be said about like is this like cishet gaze on it and like i don't i don't know i think there's there's certainly some critique to be had there and like what kind of lens are we watching this through but like i do feel like in rewatching this first episode there's like a a very staged scene between mm-hmm. Mildred and Tiff, um who just like also seem like an extremely sexual couple, and like that's mm-hmm. kind of like their relationship, which you know has its own problems, but that was like that was extremely staged. Like the camera was like in the room with them versus like sex scenes that are kind of like later in the show Mm -hmm. that are like kind of like hidden cam and like Mm -hmm. are like a lot more like Mm -hmm. (laughs) voyeuristic. Right. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I think that, you know, I don't necessarily have the analytical background to like do a full queer theory analysis Mm -hmm. of that. But Mm -hmm. like, I'm at least glad they're treating it the same as Mm -hmm. the straight shows. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, that's an argument for sure. I didn't feel like it was... I mean, I don't want to say it's not gratuitous because, like, the whole show is gratuitous. Yes, yes, (laughs) So, like, there's that. But I also think that, like, these shows are just, like, about sexy, mostly naked people anyways. Mm -hmm. So, like... I am not
0: mad about yeah. it. No, that's, that's how I'm taking it, too. Honestly, yeah. because I've said with other things I've talked about on my podcast before, like I, you know, have this campaign, Roses for Everybody, mm. uh, where we're trying to get fat representation on reality dating yeah. shows. And it's like, in my dream future, when we do get fat representation on these shows, I don't want them to treat them any differently at all, because we shouldn't be treated any differently as fat people. So... I don't want the gays being treated any differently as well. It's just, yeah. like the, you know, it's like the duality of knowing that that's true and good and I'm happy and I'm like really happy that they're not ch- changing it. But I just know that there is going to be online discourse in a oh, way. And sure. like these individuals are going to get hated on. And I know yeah. that whenever we do get fat representation, those, you know, cast members are going to have to <sighs> run the gamut of opinions from people of we don't need to see this. And I, I guess I'm just interested to see how the media or how the world at large mm. handles this. I think is beautiful and and yeah. gaudy and nasty and <laughs> yeah and extreme. Um, but how it's going to be like? Don't put this in my child's face. Why is your child mm. watching the show? <laughs> yeah
1: as as someone who is like a children's performer and like is you know wrote a parenting book like this is not a show that's relevant or quote-unquote age-appropriate for your (laughs) kid for many reasons the Mm -hmm. sex scenes like aside from all of that and so like because there's you know it's for me it's less about the sex scenes and more about like the lack of media literacy that kids have to be able to just, like, sort through the fact that this is, like, I mean, quote-unquote reality, reality TV, TV, right? And yeah. so, like, I'm honestly more concerned about that than I am about, like, the nudity and the sex. But, like, I mean, certainly that's not age-appropriate <laughs> either. But, yeah, I think um, as a couple of things to the points you were saying, like, as someone who's been through, like, quite a lot of online harassment, like, no one deserves any of that. And, like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, it's it's interesting that, like, the people on like the straight were dating shows like go through so much of it too and it has nothing to do with their sexuality and has everything to just do with the archetypes that they're put into on the shows and the narratives and like people just like not be i mean adults not being able to have the media literacy skills to understand Mm -hmm. that these are like not real versions of these people um like that it's you know it's contrived right they're put into these narratives they're put into these archetypes like that's not like them making that choice right um and then the other thing um i thought of was that um so i I listened to game of roses Mm -hmm. and uh they put up recently on their instagram they did like ai generated versions Mm -hmm. of like what the bachelor could look like and they had um they like ai fake generated like an asian bachelor and a fat bachelorette and Mm -hmm. i was just like these are epic i would hit play on these seasons like immediately first of all the asian bachelor the asian bachelor was so hot Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the, the fat bachelorette was like gorgeous and i was just like this would be brilliant like yes absolutely sign me up i want to watch that show
0: well anyone who's listening who's new to the podcast please head over to roses for everybody on instagram and sign our petition and share it proudly heck yeah we want that ai to be a reality yeah Um, and then also check out my instagram highlights where i uh went on a wild tangent and created a whole backstory for both of those characters <gasps> no so, way okay yeah. i'm gonna
1: check that out when off. It's great. <laughs> his
0: name is andrew and her name is lauren and she was on his mm. season and she made it to final oh, three it's a whole yes. story y'all it's so good so it's possible but yeah i i agree but i just i definitely think that I am gonna wait in the next couple days to see the think pieces from the fucking bigots who cannot remember that they weren't mad or also were mad at the straight couples doing it. Mm-hmm. Whatever suits their narrative. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is my ooh my fear but let's hope that's hope for the best so what i mean we're, we really don't have the time to go over every couple and i'm gonna be yeah. recapping this whole season with y'all here <laughs> at date car pod industries but is there yeah let's talk about the aussie of it all first and then we'll get yeah. into the uh mal lexi vanessa ray and then also touch a little bit on tiff
1: yeah for sure Okay. Cool. Um okay, you said Aussie and Sam first. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately Aussie should not be on television. This is a person who probably should have been vetted um off the show as someone who like needs to be in a lot of therapy and like has a lot of childhood trauma and like a lot of gender stuff that like they really got to work through and uh not on national television. Mm-hmm. Um I really I like Sam though like mm-hmm. she seems just like really level-headed it the vibe that i get from them is that like sam really loves and cares for ozzy but like needed something to change with ozzy in mm. their relationship because mm. it seems like ozzy's just like not dealing with ozzy's trauma and like sam i think is probably caught between again i'm projecting a lot of stuff onto this oh, yeah, first well, certainly yeah. um but Sam's seems like the kind of person who feels like she's stuck between a rock and a hard place of, like, loving this person, but, like, also knowing that they have to work on their stuff, but, like, also still wanting to be with them. And, like, this show, I think, she says this in the first episode of, like, I hope this is, like, a wake-up call. And, like, uh, is this, like, the most ethical way to do that? Probably not. Um but yeah
0: and and to ozzy's credit they try to often be like i need time i need space i need to meditate i cannot i am triggered right now and then there's a conversation where um mildred has with sam like when they're all having their little dinner dates Mm -hmm. the couples and everything she's like why do you ever get to fucking talk to ozzy because they shut down and Sam's just like, no, I know, but like it, it's it we're we're practicing empathy here. Yeah, Ozzy <laughs> needs to shut down sometimes, and then they mm-hmm. got to go meditate and all these things. But it is, fr- I mean, uh, Mildred's you know frustrated because she's just like, well, when am I ever gonna? When do you even get a chance to talk? Because it's just like, well, there's no communication.
1: But I Mildred I, I, also has her own things. But... Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's part of it, but I also think that, like, uh, to Ozzy's credit, Ozzy is, like, quite self-aware of, like, mm-hmm. when Ozzy uh-huh. is triggered and, like, needs to take a moment, and, like, that is, like, huge props, like, huge. I, yeah, that is, like, a huge at least step, but, like, yeah, Ozzy got a lot of stuff to work through, and, uh... It shouldn't be happening on national television. <laughs> oh my god! And definitely not uh, with Mildred. Oh dear lord. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm sure you're a good human.
0: Um, you know, I think that they're used to a dynamic with. So, who else we're gonna talk about is Tiff. Yeah. Is, and Tiff is another example, I think, of like probably shouldn't be on the show because currently, because they need to, to their own words, really need to work on like letting love in, being in a mm. loving relationship, not. Um, maybe being stuck in a reactionary cycle yeah. of, you know, getting mad and then having, like, these discussions that are, like, having discussions, but do voices get raised and yeah. and, uh, and not able to really see a compromise in these situations. They have a dog and when they're paired up with Sam, Sam doesn't like dogs or it's...
1: The edit on that was extremely confusing. Weird. It was yeah. super weird. Um, I didn't like totally understand what was happening, but I will, and I do think that they also like the edit really focused on like the beginning of that relationship and like when they were having like extreme conflict, but then like they kind of like disappeared and I actually think that like Tiff did okay in like figuring out some like communication
0: stuff. So like props to Tiff for like growing. Um, you can see they have such a heart. Like I, mm-hmm. they're kind of my like I. I love them. I think I'm gonna become a stan in a way. I like Tiff
1: like, a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's they're great, and like when they are at points where you're like, Ugh, it's it's like you can see that it's because they are just like struggling to like get through that cycle, and then they're yeah. trying to break it down and stop. The problem is just that them and Mildred shouldn't be together.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> so
0: yeah. Ugh. So, I keep getting glimpses of that on the first four episodes of, like, Mildred being like, you know, I'm actually feeling great not being with (laughs) him, and I feel like this shouldn't be happening. Like, yes, thank you, please. (laughs) So, next that I really want to talk about is the, I guess the, my god, there's just so much to talk about, but, (laughs) (sighs) the Lexi, Ray, Vanessa of it all. So, Lexi is now coupled up with Mal, who, Mm -hmm. as of now... I am team Mal and Lexi as a Mm -hmm. couple. Like, they're my dream team. And I don't think that Mal and Yali are, like, bad for each other. But, like, I think it is better suited with Lexi currently. Mal is great. They're also Virgo. I I just really like them. Mal's great.
1: I love Mal. I think Mal is, like, just, like, chill and, like, like just like good vibe
0: yeah they like communicate well mm-hmm. they're like they can be like funny and silly but then they'll like immediately be like oh let's talk about that i see that you're yeah. feeling a certain way yeah are you okay and like asking for consent like everything mm-hmm. is so good yeah.
1: yeah 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 i agree mal is wonderful love big fan of mal um lexi I, is
0: yeah. <laughs> lexi is lexi is a character i Lexi's like lexi. very
1: interesting <laughs> she's also okay for context she's 24 oh (laughs) i think she she's very young and like she also was talking about like how her i think both of her parents are in the wedding industry her dad i think is a jeweler and her mom i think is like either a wedding planner or like something of that ilk and uh she i really like lexi but i also think she gives me vibes of like someone who like just like thinks they're really mature but like you're like kind of still a baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like just like isn't self-aware of that no but knows everything yeah knows everything is just like i'm ready for marriage i'm ready for this like big commitment commitment in my life but like actually not like understanding that like you're not and there's like a lot more that you kind of have to experience and like yeah yeah to raise like credit is someone who like kind of sees that but also like Ray has her own stuff so yeah, yeah exactly and this is like the caveat on everything is that like know, this right? person is like <laughs> not quite saying. in the right but also like this person that's like has saying. their own stuff to deal that's with
0: so. the, that's the game it all I'm like oh my god that's like what i try to do so hard in Descartes card too it's like you i have hard and fast feelings but i'm like oh but they probably just need to unpack it in therapy or i like, mean
1: yeah exactly i mean i'm not here to try and shit talk anyone. <laughs> no. I, I know these are all real people, but also like the way like yeah, it's just uh we're all flawed human Beings, and it's hard when we're put on a screen, especially when we're like pretending to be ourselves in these like different personas. But like, I don't know, I as speaking as like someone who's a creator and a performer, like, I don't, I like, I perform myself a lot, but mm-hmm. like, I perform a persona of myself, mm-hmm. and like, I have an understanding of that, like, because I'm going into making something or being on camera, and like, that is part of my job um and that's kind of like the i mean i'm a trained performer i'm a trained actor i have an acting background like all of that but like you know this is the misnomer of reality tv is that like These people are all performing a persona, but, like, not necessarily in, like, a purposeful way. And, like, that's where, like, the messiness ensues. And then, like, also this, like, parasocial relationship that we get with people Mm. of, like, Mm. okay, like, you are in a parasocial relationship with this person's persona and, like, (laughs) characterized version of themselves that, like, they are projecting out into the world. But, like, that is a little bit blurry and like hard for people to discern and then like you know it all just comes back to this like lack of media literacy
0: <laughs> well yeah and then you add like another wretch a into the wheel of like there that person like say i'm on it i'm thinking i'm i always say i'd probably become a villain because they would edit me that way but i would be having all of these like edit villain moments but i would also be having all these like really compassionate cool like awesome moments because that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So they have hundreds of hours of footage, and they're only going to use a certain amount depending yeah. on how they want to portray me. But what I think is like I, hopefully I would think that now because I am a studied player of the game. But I I could see myself being in that thinking like there's no way they're not going to show this part of me, where in which I was so reasonable and fucking chill. Mm-hmm. They're gonna show that, and then they don't. Like I would I can't imagine.
1: Yeah. It's like all I these, like with like the bachelor edit too, like. Isn't it like I feel like every time like after like a bachelor season, it's like, oh, like actually like this guy is like hilarious. And then it's like, oh, but we didn't like Clay like what Clayton yeah. was like so yeah. boring milk toast. And then like he has this like social media presence where you're like, oh, like this is like right. kind of a funny, chill, cool guy who's yeah. like actually seems really lovely. And yeah. it's like, oh okay, what what is this like disconnect here? And it's like, yeah, it's because they have hundreds of hours of footage and they show you like ten seconds.
0: Yeah. It's wild. So, you know, Ray is with Vanessa, who is Lexi's mm-hmm. uh, enemy, um, mm-hmm. and essentially, <laughs> Ray and Vanessa are just having silly, goofy time. Vanessa mm-hmm. goes gets her nipples pierced. Something I never thought I was going to. Oh see, my god,
1: wild! <laughs> I was like, "What is Vanessa doing?" This is uh. like, oh, uh, it was, it was, it was just like so. The intention of it was so transparent that I was just kind of like. This is great. I'm here for this Vanessa ride. Like, take me on so, it. And then we uh, it. we we meet her dad later too. And I feel like oh. it just explains so much about oh my god, her. I can't
0: wait to get there. Ugh. <laughs> so then they basically they fuck at one point. Yes. One night they fuck, and mm-hmm. we get our voyeuristic nighttime, you know, camera watching them hook up. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, Ray's despondent. She gets um, mm-hmm. she leaves the room, she calls Lexi, tells her. We don't see that conversation.
1: Yeah, I feel like Ray doesn't get enough shit. Yeah. For, for all of this. For yeah. for all of it, right? For like, yeah. first of all, like choosing like your partner's like quote unquote enemy, right? Yeah. Like there's there's something calculated in that. Yeah. And like yeah the the calling Lexi and telling her like that like that just like didn't unless you like had a specific agreement that you were going like within like ethical non-monogamy that you were gonna like tell each other everything which is like not a normal thing for the most part I no for usually not yeah yeah it's
0: it's kind of a little bit of don't ask don't tell and then like I feel like if we find out that Lexi more or less says like I didn't want like I I knew that this was a a, an option, an opportunity, like a thing that could yeah. happen, and so, like, it's not even it's so, yeah, I agree. But it's just like, so don't fucking call her because you just do it later. You do it when you're what you the in person did, is they do you're going person to do it when they're back with each other in the when they go back to each other, like in the part where they, they sit, yeah. together and So, it's just like it adds us all's best. It gets more amped up. We get another villain edit with Vanessa where when Ray mm-hmm. tells her about it, she's like smirking and laughing the entire time. And I really don't think that's true. I really do think it is cutscenes of her smiling that are not in that moment. I don't think she's yeah. perfect by any means. No. I do not think that was what was happening. So I really think. No.
1: Yeah. But also, I think that, like, you know. I don't think that Vanessa was necessarily in the wrong with no. any of that. I think yeah. that she's really getting the like short end of the stick or whatever that idiom yeah. is. Um, just like I I, I think that i think that something is happening with ray and i think that like ray is like really setting all of it up in a way with lexi that's like really messed up and somehow it's like falling on vanessa because of the narrative that they're building for her and then like there's this like scene later with um where Lexi, like, really goes in on Vanessa. And, like, it is an extremely tense and very graphic conversation.
0: Yeah, that's the part I want to talk about before we, like... It's (laughs) fucking wild, yeah. So they're at these... They all go and have happy hour with... They split them up still. So it's still... Mm -hmm. It's one set of the couples and the other set of the couples. So we're eventually getting to Which is wild
1: on a queer season. Like,
0: I'm like, oh my god, they had to separate them like this. It's, like, fucking crazy. And we get... We get that... (laughs) Okay, but Lexi sitting across from Vanessa, and Ugh. it comes up, and she's oh, Vanessa's like, Yeah, it's going really great with Ray. Like, we're just like having a good time and yeah. we know each other, and like going really slow. And then <sighs> it pans over to Lexi, and her face, she's just like, <laughs> what like excuse you what and then it's like oh that's like the exact opposite it has not been going slow you guys fucked and then vanessa just proceeds to be pretty hilarious to bh like she's oh just God. like well i didn't fuck her and then she's like oh yeah i'm sorry ray fucked you and they're like what and right sorry ray fingered you <laughs>
1: I will say that Vanessa is attempting to be discreet in this conversation, and Lexi is just like not having it. She is just like, We're going to air out all of this dirty laundry, and I do not give two shits about you.
0: Oh my God. Ozzy is just like, uh, Oh, my God, yeah. Ozzy. Like, <laughs> her face so is so uncomfortable. Like, uh, and like, so then, like, you know, Vanessa's trying to like be like, No, no, you have it wrong. Like, it's, it's whatever, you know, but Lexi's like, just like going and she's like, Don't you, like, do you deny that this happened she's like no like but i don't really remember all the details she's like just going in she's like you know uh who kissed first she's like i she's like i don't think you're gonna like it but i don't remember
1: (laughs) and then meanwhile this entire conversation yoli is just sitting there not saying a word a word and y'all the things that are happening with yoli and xander my goodness
0: Mm. Right, because they fucked. Oh my Mm -hmm. god, many
1: times. Oh my
0: god,
1: like full on too. Not just like, oh, I'm just gonna like, do, do."
0: yeah. y'all okay so long time listeners of this podcast know that one of my favorite things to talk about is if somebody got finger blasted on the bachelor mm. and i'm pretty sure that rachel Lindsay and peter cross finger blasted i know mm. nick finger blasted somebody mm. um i feel like there's been many times i wonder about the four times in the windmill with peter and hyanna oh yeah at least one or two of those was p and v and one of them had to be a finger blast mm. and the other one i i think is foot stuff i don't know um <laughs> and uh i had a brown drink foot stuff oh, <laughs> i'm I, I just, I just me when i spread misinformation but i love finger blasting so much personally love it and i love talking about it and i am just like so i just like i don't think i've ever been more happy in my life like literally hearing these women just be like oh yeah you fingered her what no no no. and at one point vanessa's like well i don't think you're gonna want to hear this but like she grabbed my hand and put it down to her vagina and then like oh and so then you just fucking stuck it in she does the full she like literally does a fisting motion on camera oh
1: my god it was this this is the most wild conversation i've ever seen on television just like point blank like i don't know maybe like succession is like right above it (laughs) right now but i'm just like like, yeah, Lexi went in, like, pun intended. Like, it was, yeah, I don't know. She has, like, something big against Vanessa because, I mean, this is a conversation she needed to be having with Ray, not mm-hmm. with Vanessa, who, like, mm-hmm. is trying to actually be, like, kind of discreet and, like, keep, like, the thing that was between her and Ray, like, relatively private and off camera. And, like, I don't know. I I, I I see, like, the villain edit is, like, pretty intense on Vanessa. But, like, I don't know. In talking about this right yes, now, exactly. I'm just, I'm just is kind of, like. Lexi
0: wrong in this moment.
1: Yeah. I'm just kind of, like, Vanessa actually kind of did everything right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Lexi's kind of the one. And I feel like this kind of, like, gets, as the episodes go on, I'm kind of, like, more and more red flags pop up for me about Lexi. Um who I was like very charmed with in the beginning and not to say that I'm like you know letting Vanessa off the hook especially for like how she treats Xander, but mm-hmm. I also think that like the villain edit is going down like really hard on Vanessa and I don't mm-hmm. think she fully deserves it.
0: Mm-mm. No, I agree. I agree. Listen, let's get into J and On corner really quick. Mm. <laughs> so that that's my like Q and On from for jenna and um i at one point vanessa says earlier that she's an instagram like influencer Mm -hmm. model and -hmm. she's bragging to one of the other uh yeah they're hot lesbians and they Uh, live in hawaii like yeah yeah so i look at her instagram y'all she has 800 followers oh what are we talking about and I'm like is the, is she a plant she's a fucking plant man it's fucking it's, she's the villain because she there has to be I feel like for their first queer season they're like we just have to have one through and through mm. bitch bitch that everyone in America can be like we're gonna hate her and she's gonna be fine with it because she's just like a nobody and is mm. not gonna be bothered by that and I think Queen Victoria was that for Matt mm. James' season <laughs> Like an actress, essentially.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I also think, like, the pairing with Xander, though. Oh, true.
0: You're right. I mean, it all falls apart when you start to really look at like, the dynamics. Because, like, Xander is,
1: like, so... It's just, like, so puppy dog. Like, one of those people who's just, like, so for TRR. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, truly. Is just... I mean, I don't think that, like... The relationship with Vanessa is like, I don't know, bad or coming from a bad place. I don't know very much about their relationship, yeah. to be honest. I feel like it's pretty much left on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. But like I do think they have some like nice lovely moments. Um I think that like it seems like they've probably grown out of each other. Um mm-hmm. is yeah. kind of like the vibe that I get. And but... Vanessa's not ready for like a monogamous commitment, which is fine. No, and that's fine. And like, like... it sounds like Xander is, but like Also, Xander, it seems like, and Yoli, it seems like, are both the kind of people who, like, just fall in love with the person in front of them. Which is what
0: Mal said. Yes,
1: exactly. In that first episode, I was just like, Mal is, like, on the money with this. Yeah. And, like, I think that that Xander got cast because of Vanessa, certainly. Mm. But Mm. also, like, yeah, I don't know. The, like, setup with, like, Xander and Yoli is just, like from a casting perspective like you can't have anything more perfect than that right truly
0: so true damn oh goodness gracious it's yeah. gonna get juicy Ooh, it's gonna get messy yeah and um like the preview just I, I so i'm like at the end of this fourth episode all of a sudden the preview is like oh hey jenna Remember how they have to go back to each other for a little bit, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" I, can't. I remember when I got to that
1: part, I was just like, "Oh no!" I like can't. the because this is the part where like it being like the gay version of the show is so so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of the U-Haul thing and like because everyone just like I mean not everyone okay yeah but fair. basically every yeah but like people were not hesitant. I mean, when I say people, I'm talking about one couple. But, like, not any hesitation. Not, like, any like, thinking about it or the action. Like, just, like, so in the moment. And then, like, having to go back to those people. I'm just like, this is, this concept is just so chaotic when it's Mm -hmm. with queers. And, Mm. It's so, it's so interesting because I was also, like, think especially comparing this to, like, the Are You the One season, like, I just, like, don't think this show would work if it was, like, gay men. <laughs> I was, like, thinking about that. I was, like, oh, this is, like, actually, is it, like, really queer love? It's kind of, like, and this is, like, a lesbian love version of the <laughs> show. It's, like, this would not work with
0: gay men or, yeah. None yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah actually a good point oh my god yeah oh i don't wanna okay (laughs) oh no oh no i'm gonna have to think about that one for 10 minutes um god yeah so it's gonna be wild i'm so excited to want to crawl out of my skin um Watching the couples go back to each other, I, I am truly, like, horrified. But I was like, yep, you got me. You got me, yep. fucking, you got me fucking hooked right there. Messy, Netflix. messy stuff. <laughs> Here for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get three more episodes and then a couple more. I forgot the schedule, but I will be recapping it kind of as we go. Um, probably in sections, and, and we'll go from there. And I'm just, oh my god, I truly... Like, do I have any reminding notes? I just, everything was just so, it was just so gay. It was so gay. That's,
1: like, the biggest takeaway. Is like, this is the gayest gay version of a reality show you could possibly have. Like, honestly, like, smart of Netflix to, like, turn this mm-hmm. into a queer one. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, the format is just, like, kind of made for, like, mm-hmm. lesbians and mm-hmm. gender non-conforming question mark mm-hmm. people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and i and i think there's a couple of them are bisexuals maybe but um yeah for sure uh, well i'm sure we'll figure out all that as we go along but yeah no i agree and i think that i came into this like last month when i watched the end of lib4 and i was a shell of a human mm-hmm. and they shocked me with this preview i was like Ooh, and i was so excited but i remember like settling down and being like well why do uh gays get the worst one like i was like kind of peeved right sure 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 now i'm like no, i'm good we're good this is a better version of this show yeah i'm fine i I mean like it's good bring the
1: laches back please or like get a gay (laughs) host but like this is a better version of ultimatum because it's literally the concept is literally made for queer people
0: and i would have loved to have seen whoever ended up actually having that conversation. I just imagine there was, like, some kind of boardroom where they're like, okay, the season was pretty good. Like, we did it to mixed reviews, and one lowly queer was just like, um, hi, just so you guys know, like, you basically created a gay show. Like, you guys literally, like, from... You, like, did it. Like, it's gay top to bottom, and I really think we should, like, consider, and then I, I don't know if one of them was... I don't know if, like, the the execs were drunk know. or something but they were like you know what you know what leaf random person i don't <laughs> know the pronouns to who's i don't even know how you got in this boardroom yes we're gonna do it
1: <laughs> yeah i want to know what the what the process was for making that pitch like happen like how does any queer reality like how did that season of already the one happen why is it never happened again like what is this what is the mysterious like queer season of reality show that's like sort of been happening and then like disappears into the ether like
0: what what is going on what is going on and i think this is it i i'm feeling really excited and maybe i'm too hopeful but i'm just like this is it this and this was a great vehicle for it and i really mm-hmm. hope that other shows go like oh shit like we can do this and it's gonna be really good and your ratings are gonna be through the roof because oh my god the gays are here for it yeah i want to know i want to know how this debuts well we'll yeah. see we'll have to we'll see we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, stay tuned. I'll I'm gonna write that down. Actually, my notes ratings for next episode. Mm. Okay, great. Well, Linz, thank you so much. Like the fuck.
1: (laughs) This is a great time. I love this. I don't ever get to talk about this kind of stuff. This is like the off work hours things that I do.
0: (laughs) And now we're using it
1: to promote what I actually do. So uh, fun times. Why not?
0: Yeah, thank you so much and good luck on your tour. I'm really excited for you. Everyone is thank listening. You. Please go out and buy this book. Truly, just go out and buy it if you're not uh, a parent. Like Lynn said, there is plenty of people in your life that you probably know who have children who um would it'd be great to have this book as a little gift. Father's Day is coming up soon. Like I can't yeah. think of a better way to to spread love i'm thinking about like queer and
1: trans folks as like the ambassadors of this book like you 100 know like at least three people in your life who like mm-hmm. need to read this book like next time you're invited to like a baby shower or like the gender reveal party that you like you know the invitation that you throw in the trash like maybe send them this book as like the present mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and because i have a chapter in it that says uh skip the gender reveal party
0: <laughs> and so just uh,
1: to be passive-aggressive <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh please buy the book please come hang out with me on tour i would love that
0: awesome oh my gosh so great well thank you again and thank you everyone for listening and checking out this episode if you're new to the podcast uh give us a try um i recap the bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise and get ready for a golden senior oh, baby my <laughs> bunch of old sluts
1: Part of me really wanted to, like, put my grandma up for it, but she's getting married for the fourth or fifth time this summer. So, yeah, that's the vibe. Um. Good times. Yeah.
0: Well, Um, she would have been perfect for this. Uh, Right. So, uh, yeah, and I do it through a queer, leftist, bitchy lens. I don't hold back too much, but I really love to have a nuanced take. And I love interviewing people and talking to different people about it. And you can follow me on Instagram at datecardpod where I do memes, mostly for The Bachelor, but I plan to make memes for this show and have ranty takes about all the various things I love and hate about reality dating shows. So, give it a check out and if you have been around for a while, I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Make sure you rate and review. And until next time, mm, I need a good, like, gay sign-off now. Hmm. 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 Uh I was gonna try to do something about fingering if the if the ring fit if the finger fits, if the No, mm. I don't like that, no.
1: <laughs> something about gay something about like gay Lachey.
0: <laughs> I am gay for Lachey. Woo! Bye. Thank you for listening to Daycard Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Daycard Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a smile and at drunk feminist. Date Card Pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at Jetty Boy James. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at MichaelaJane.com and on Instagram at michaelajane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye! Bye!
1: Oh, hello. It's me.
0: I'm so sorry, but if you made it this far after the entire episode, now comes this super sexy after hours time, JK. It's just me uh, tacking on a little bonus podcast thing that I have been promising y'all I would do regarding my like recent coming out from bisexual to lesbian and it is literally like almost 40 minutes of me just having a monologue and going honestly, frankly, way too in-depth and vulnerable about my personal story that I honestly might regret putting out. But at the same time, it felt like therapeutic going through it and some people have shown interest in listening to it and wanting to hear about it. So that's for y'all. If it's not for you and like that's not your thing, then you can go ahead and <laughs> go to your next podcast right now and you'll be great. And I'll see you next time. I do a recap for the queer ultimatum or bachelor or anything else. Okay. Bye. I am back and I am here to chat and just like catch up on some personal things. And so, yeah, like the last couple of weeks on my socials, I've been talking about how I came out as a lesbian and I've been teasing on date card pod that i would, like, talk to you guys about it and, like, tell you my little, like, story because I just think it's kind of fun and cute and maybe relatable to some people out there, but also just it's been a really, like, it's been a really interesting thing for me to come out again, like, at age 37 when I came out when I was 14 as bisexual and then to like change a label this like so quote unquote late in life obviously like 37 is not that old but anyway you you get what I'm saying and it's just been like an interesting process for me and I I don't know I want to talk about it and I'm like where else can I talk about it? But here with you guys my friends like I think you I think of you guys as my friends. Like we have been on this journey whether you've been here from the beginning or you've come in later on, you know, for five years potentially, or maybe just in like the last couple of years, or maybe you're brand new. And in which case, hi, I'm Jenna and I overshare chronically through this platform <laughs> and I have a good time doing it. But I, yeah, I think if y'all as like close friends to me, I've truly made some of like my best friendships and through the Bachelor franchise, through the fandom, through like commentary space that it just blows my mind so often how like I can genuinely make real connections with people when it's through something that's so like utterly like, I don't know, fake, but not really fake. It's real. It's real life. It's just like wild to me and I absolutely love it. And the fact that I can create and expand and connect within a, um, queer community within a space that, you know, outwardly projects itself as so straight is always something that just like boggles my mind and something that I like think about like nonstop. Like I can't just like, I can't get over the fact that this show is deemed by so many as like just this heteronormative basic ass show that no one cool watches and then you me our friends our community we all watch it and we critique it and we have a good time we have a bad time (laughs) a lot of bad times but we make friends and and everything I whenever I like talk to people um I learn, you know, that a lot of times what got them into the bachelor late in life or like later in life, if they didn't start when they were like a teen with their moms, is that like they started through like a friend group through like a thing, like a work group or a friend group or a college group or their, you know, partner's friend group or something. And it's just like, I find that so fucking beautiful and cool. And it really does speak to like how bonding stuff like this can be reality television can be like such a bonding thing and it really is something that we shouldn't just like brush off is like completely you know doesn't have any merit in our lives um and I think that's why a lot of times it can be so painful when like weird shit happens too because it's like why like what is even happening you know but it's important to us right it's like our it's like our like connection to our friends and then all of a sudden there's like racist or like horrible scandal happens and you're like what the fuck but it it means so much because it's like something that really draws us to each other like i was recently talking on tiktok about like the taylor swift maddie healy drama of it all and it's like people the fandoms lots of the fandoms are like really suffering because they they want to like distance themselves they they have like this negative feeling right now but they don't want to like move away from the connections they built as a fandom and the people they've like befriended through it and like parasocially or otherwise and it's so it's like just a powerful thing I'm just always so fascinated by that kind of stuff anyway I could go on and on forever about that and one day I will Uh, but yeah, I guess, so I will say what's really funny to me is that like, I keep, (laughs) I, I think why I wanted to record this is because I wanted to just kind of put it out there because I wanted to stop gaslighting myself. I know that's a trigger word in Bachelor Nation, but I feel like in many ways I've been gaslighting myself for a long time that I'm not lesbian. And then also, additionally, in the coming out process, I was gaslighting myself a lot because I was like, it's not important, and it doesn't matter that you've changed your label from bisexual slash queer to lesbian. Um, and it's like, at the same time, I'm like, it isn't important, and I'm gonna, like, say that, because, like, in many ways, it's like, I've been uh, viewed as queer from, like, listeners, friends, community, other people, and that's not, like, an inaccurate label for me, right, in a sense, um, and it's when I've been, like, pretty happy, fluidly going between bisexual and queer for, like, the last, like, four years or so, but at the same time, when I actually, like, fully admitted and, like, accepted in my, like, head, that I think I better identify with lesbian, it felt so, so, so good to the point where I was like, no, this is important. Like, this is important for me. And it's important that I actually, like, talk about it and accept it and, like, be out with it and, like, process what that means for myself. But it's like, I'm, like, sitting here being like, it doesn't really matter, right? As long as somebody... (laughs) sees me as not straight, then, then I'm good. Right. And truly that's still true. Right. Like if somebody were to just be like, Oh, that person is bisexual or queer. Like I wouldn't, I'm not going to be too upset by it personally. Although I do think labels as a whole are really important and really important giving like self internal, like euphoria and external euphoria. I think labels as a thing is really interesting because I think in many ways labels can do a lot of harm, right? When we, like, apply them to, like, a gender binary or, like, a heteronormative, like, construct, labels are, like, really harmful. And they can be used in a harmful way, and even they can be used in a harmful way when somebody, like, singles out somebody who's using a a non-straight or cis identifying label then they can be used as a target because of those labels So, like labels can cause some strife but at the same time it's like two things can be true at once right labels can also be so freeing and so comforting and can be like home and it can be like what's really something that can like make somebody feel like their full authentic self Um, and in many ways can like help somebody survive and live and make it through this world. So it's like, I just think it is important to talk about them in one way or another. And I think it just depends on the conversation you're having, of course, of how (laughs) labels can be used, how they should be used in a more positive like way. So yeah, I, it's like, in that regard, it wasn't important to me or I thought it wasn't. And that's why it kind of took me a while. But in other regards, it's, like, been so important for me to finally, like, really be honest with myself, and I found that very interesting, because I think if you're a listener of, of the podcast, you probably have, like, I actually know for a fact that there are people who've literally DM'd me and been like, oh, I thought you were already a lesbian, or, <laughs> like, I thought that's how you identified, or you, whatever in the case, and, like, I will say joke, joking joking included like some of this conversation might come off as like misandrist and like anti-man and my apologies to any <laughs> men listening but that's not like my intention but it is like we're just going to be having silly goofy times and that's what you guys come to expect from this you know space but you know I think it's been pretty obvious that I've been like not interested in cis men for like a really long time and I was kind of like the last person to really put that together and it's like that's what's been funny to me is like when I started telling some of my closest friends I started DMing them and texting them brother I was like I was nervous and we'll get into that reasoning in a couple of minutes but I was like nervous to do it but which felt weird in itself considering how gay I like am and how gay I live my life with just like the choices I put out there like the way I dress, the way I flag the way I like interact in spaces but I was still nervous but three of my closest friends that I reached out to first all three of them in their own variations were like yeah duh so fucking funny and I just love it so much so like one case um my friend Connie <laughs> they had I guess a couple weeks prior had bought me a little button that had like a lesbian flag on it and they bought it for me and then when they got home they were like um I'm not sure if Jenna actually identifies that way <laughs> And like they'd realize and so they didn't give it to me <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah, they knew, right? My other friend was like, <laughs> told me the story about how like just recently they had been talking to their partner and they were like uh, the partner was talking about a Jenna, a different Jenna um, but I hadn't specified that it was a different Jenna yet and that they, that they know and they were like Oh yeah, this Jenna, blah, blah blah, she's a lesbian. Like it was just like in the conversation, right? And um no, actually sorry, they were just like talking about Jenna, the other Jenna, and then my my friend was like, What do you mean? Jenna doesn't do comedy anymore. And their partner was like, No, no, no. This Jenna's a different Jenna. Um, uh well she he describes her and everything. He's like, Oh yeah, and she's like a lesbian and so like I guess to you, I'll I'll just specify lesbian Jenna and bisexual Jenna, meaning me. And then my friend was like, oh, but, uh, I need mean, LOL. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I think Jenna actually is going to like come out as a lesbian any day now. And literally days later, I texted them and was like, hey, I think I'm a lesbian. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I fucking love it. My other friend had guessed already or just like was like, yeah, of course. And then, um, my other friend Shannon has been on the podcast a couple of times. They were talking to their partner and I guess their partner was like, oh, cause I was telling her, I was like, Hey, I think I'm a lesbian. And I guess their partner was like, oh yeah, Jenna. Yeah. I thought she already was one because like she just got a massive twilight tattoo across her torso. <laughs> there's no way she is catering to the male gaze like she has she's not catering to the male gaze at all and it was so funny to me and that really helped me kind of process and click like literally for so long I have not been catering to the male gaze like at all at all now I will say bisexuals and pansexuals and just like general fluid queer people can absolutely not cater to the male gaze and still be like any of those labels, right? Like that is true, a true statement, but you know, at the same time, it's also a true statement that like a lesbian would also in theory not cater to the male gaze, like in any shape or form. And it's like the last couple of years have been so much that for me. And I just wasn't realizing what I was like really doing. So yeah, that kind of brings me back to like my journey a little bit. Okay. So I went on a long tangent, but so my journey in a sense has been when I was 14, I knew that I was bisexual and I came out to my mother. She was actually really accepting. We were driving, like she was driving me around town at the moment. And I told her, and she did like steer into like the other lane for a second. Which was scary. <laughs> it was just cause out of a because it was like really random. Like I just like blurted it out. Um, but she was like, Oh yeah, totally. That's great. Like I have no problem with that, which is like so amazing considering, you know, small town we were from and just like the time. Um but she was like really supportive of that and I don't remember really coming out to any of my other parental figures because it might not have really, like, I didn't feel safe, like, I don't think my my stepfather I wouldn't have really felt safe with coming out to, and then I really wasn't hanging out with my paternal father at the time, um, and, yeah, um, I knew I was bisexual, I had, like, a crush on my friend, and a couple of crushes on a lot of my girlfriends, and, But then I, like, got in, like, a high school sweetheart relationship with my my ex-husband. I've talked about this relationship all the time. Totally fine to be in a relationship with a guy, etc., whatever. But where that, like, is kind of important to my story is that he used my, like, bisexuality as, like, a tool for his pleasure and, like, his pleasure only. Now, like, that's obviously a really sticky, like overall concept because like when you're in a like monogamous relationship especially in the early or late 2000s early 2010s um you don't have any fucking knowledge about (laughs) any of this shit and like it felt very stifling that i was like in this relationship and like couldn't experience my like other form of my other like sexuality because I was in this monogamous relationship. And it was being used as a form of like dirty talk and like role play, and like, and then eventually was used as a form of like threesome. Like, we, have, we had a handful of threesomes when we were together. And he was like really stoked to have sex with another woman. But I wasn't ever allowed to, like, go have sex, one, with another man, <laughs> or two, with, like, a woman, like, on my own. It had to be with him. And it was all of this like, wrapped up in his pleasure and his choice. He chose the women. He chose the, like, activities. It was very, like, not, it was not, like, pleasurable to me. Um, it was very traumatic for me, to be honest. Um, but before that time, I actually had a best friend when we were adults, like, during this time that I had, like, fallen in love with. She was, like, my Carly Kloss, if you're a gayler. Um, she was, like, my I-don't-want-you-like-a-best-friend friend, and her and I were obsessed with each other, and we eventually had sex i.e like having an affair because we both had boyfriends so we had an affair we like had sex and it was like the greatest experience ever though you know and then i of course like came clean to my partner and it was like it was a big problem and 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 you know to be fair like it was cheating so like you know that's fair and well to have it be a problem um but it just like always stuck with me that I just really couldn't like live my truest you know side and like I think that's just like such a relatable thing for a lot of bisexuals um and I think that's why I kind of wanted to share it is like every time I like talk about it or, or I hear about it or I see it in stories I see just people talking about their bisexuality and the, like, bi-phobia um, that a lot of bi-people like, experience is rooted in the fact that, like, the, like, stereotype that all bisexual women are going to gravitate towards, gravitate towards being in a relationship with a male and um, how, like, in many ways that is like uh, the, the majority right but it's like obviously that's not the complete story like so many bisexuals and pansexuals are with like people of all genders and they date people of all genders and they fuck people of all genders and and then the individuals who date people of just the opposite gender of them are not any less bisexual right um and but it's like i just think it's a relatable struggle to be seen you know in society as still having that be like a valid um identity label you know and like you hear the saying like even if you've never kissed a woman you are still bisexual and it's like true or or a man or whatever like whatever um you know person you're talking about It's like you can still be bisexual or you can still be gay or whatever. Um, and it's like that is true, but obviously society puts like all this like weird pressure on us to, you know, only identify as like what we're fucking at the time, which is just so like it's so problematic, right? And so you have that happening. I have that happening through the all these early, the mid-20s, 2000s to, you know, the early 2010s and things like that. And I just, I internalized, well, first of all, also, I had, like, a good amount of, like, internalized um, misogyny, right? Um, my therapist asked me recently like, where, where that came from, and I was like, what do you mean? Like, society? Media? Like, what do you mean of course it just came from like other places but i was like you know it also came from my ex you know who he like he was an abusive person like he told me i was crazy and dramatic and dumb like all the time so i internalized that women are crazy dramatic dumb not worthy of like being in a relationship with that like <laughs> the men are like so gracious to like give us the time of day, and we better do everything in our power to make them like us. Isn't that what it is? Like, listen, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, isn't that the fucking crux of it all? Like, we are told we are not worthy by societal standards, but if we try hard enough, men will give us the grace to fuck us and marry us and it's just like insane. Um so that's what I like believed and so like I never wanted to date a woman because I was like, oh women are horrible. Like I would never want to date a woman. Yeah, do I want to like fuck one? Yes. But I wouldn't date a woman. And so anyway, fast forward many years later, I'm single, I'm on my journey. I realised no, I I can i start well i start to go through the process of like unpacking all my internalized misogyny and wanting to like start dating women and and other people just any any gender spectrum rather and and i do that you know over the last nine ten years i've had all sorts of partners women trans people men um cis men and majority cis men I would say overall but like that wraps up into me like performing compet, you know like compulsory heterosexuality while also like really trying to lean in and understand my queerness um but still deeply deeply holding on to the like, trauma that I experienced when I was younger, and, and trauma is a strong word, um, but, like, the negative experiences that I experienced in that relationship, and having that one encounter with my friend be, like, so great, but then demonized, you know, like, on this deep level, um, and made to feel inadequate and made to feel like I, I I got in my head and this is probably a little bit of projection but like from more from like the queer community and queer media it's like there's also this like this like all of a sudden like oh I want to like am I good enough can I like fuck a woman good enough can I eat pussy good enough can I do things good enough because like I haven't had much experience doing it, like, and thing, things, like, all my experience was wrapped up in that one night with my friend that was, like, tarnished, and then the only other times I'd been with women were at the hand of my ex-husband, and all that weird shit that had happened, and so for the longest time, I was so embarrassed and, like, Insecure while at the same time, like not right. Like, I was drawn to women, I was drawn to like other genders, and I was just like, I want to be with these people, but I was just so scared. It was just the strangest mind fuck, and it's been a mind fuck for really a long, long time. And then, you know, I would date women and have relationships, and it was like the happiest I'd ever been. Like, that's, that's the crazy part. I dated this woman like six or seven years ago, it was the happiest I'd ever been. You know? And then this other woman I dated, it was like the happiest I'd ever been. Or like a really happy time, right? And then I would but I would always resort to back to dating men because that's like what I knew and what I like knew I could just perform and do. Now, okay, I will say I actually do think that I was attracted to men for you know the majority of my life i really do like i genuinely you know was attracted to a portion (laughs) of the men i've been in relationships with and had sex with um but i think that hasn't been like that for a while like genuinely a while um and it I just, like, didn't realize it. But at the same time, what's so funny about this, and this might be something that other people have noticed, is, like, <laughs> okay, so you, like, go online, right? And you hear these, and this, okay, I want to preface this, that this is um a valid identity. Like, I think this can be a case for many bisexual women. But you'll see a bisexual woman be like, if it weren't for... If I wasn't with this partner, I would never date men again, or I only find these specific men attractive and like otherwise, I'm literally 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 not attracted to men um or like I'm bisexual, but I genuinely have the biggest ick for men, like most men but i but I am bisexual and- I, like I said. I actually feel like that's a totally valid and it's, it's not that those people are not bisexual, right? But for me, I literally have been saying that for three years. (laughs) I've been saying that for the last three years and for the last three years, I think I've been a lesbian, maybe the last two, but for me, it really was starting to add up that I genuinely had just trans you know, like just changed. Like I had just, you know, evolved into it like a Pokemon. You know? It does not make my bisexuality for years and years and years since I was fourteen any less true. Like truly. But I at some point have evolved. Not evolved in like a <laughs> I'm better than you, but you know, let's face it, maybe I am. No but you know like it's just changed there's been an evolution of it all right and like I have been clearly like to me like in my head when I really unpack it I have been not interested in having sex with men for probably five years I did have like five years like five years ago I did have one male partner that I was pretty interested in but it's like again, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, if it wasn't him, then it was nobody else, right? Like he was the only guy that I was like interested in. Um and he was like he was just like a kinky guy. Like he was just he was just really into like the same kind of sex stuff I was into, right? Like When that ended, and then like, and then eventually the pandemic happened, and all sorts of things, I just started unpacking it all. And that's the thing with the pandemic, I started to um, really start to wonder if I was like starting to lose, or like that my overall sex drive was like decreasing, which is totally fine if it was or is. Um, I have no problem with that and I think it should be normalized that people don't have just like high sex drives all the time, right? And I think it's a possibility that I just also was like having a lower sex drive overall because, you know, the pandemic was a crazy time, or it still is. I really started unpacking a lot of my trauma that I had with other like sexual trauma that I've had and I'm not going to go into details, but I was really realizing how much- how much trauma I had, you know? And I was very okay with like not having very much sex. Um, and I was changing my priorities with when it comes to sex. And, but like, I'm so grateful that I had this period of time where I was starting to really unpack a lot of that and starting to slow down and just like get how I wanted to enter into intimate relationships in a different way and I think that was like a really beneficial time and process for me regardless of how I identify um but I remember the last two times I had intercourse with cis men were pretty horrible one was just like a bad time felt zero connection to it the second time i.e the last time he was actually a really nice guy. Like I really had no, he's, he's a really nice person and was really consensual and like great and did not push me. Like it was like very slow and great. Um, but I had a panic attack the two times we had sex, like leading up to it. And I was like, holy fuck, (laughs) what the fuck is that? Like, why am I having a panic attack? And I just kind of chopped it up to like pandemic, you know, panic attacks. And then I had like a short like friends with benefits type thing with this guy who like didn't want his like penis involved at all. Um and I was like and he just so he just he just like ate me out. <laughs> this is getting so raunchy. Hope you're listening to this with your headphones on. Um I was like super into it. It was <laughs> um it's just like okay jenna (laughs) clearly you're not into like cis men it's not that i'm not into dicks it's dicks are fine i love dicks um just like guys you know what i'm saying um uh yeah anyway so and then i haven't dated a cis man since. And, um, I also totally made this like weird pledge to myself at one point, like in the, like early pandemic or like after those times where I actually asked yeah, so was after that, that one guy where I had a panic attack, I was like, I am never going to romantically date a man again. Like, I mean like a pledge. I was just, like, I think I am only sexually attracted to them but I am never going to date a man again because I didn't like dating him, right? And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Like, there's no reason for me to like do this. And it was just like so funny of me to think back on it now. Like I was clearly being, I was just, I'm just a lesbian. It's fine, right? Since then, I have only been going on dates with non-cis men. And it's like the happiest I've ever been, you know, truly. <laughs> truly the happiest I've ever been and having sex with people and it's just been so great and then so then <laughs> I recently was seeing this woman for like like a little bit about two months long and um, she broke up with me and I was a little sad about it because I, I kind of was like oh maybe there could have been something there but it's fine it was for the best she's great I came home, though, and I was telling my roommate, I was like, oh, she broke up with me, and we were, like, commiserating over it, and I was like, you know what, though, the good news about it is I think it made me gayer. Like, I have not felt more happy walking around holding her hand and kissing her and, like, you know, like, it felt so good, you know, publicly and just, like, just completely, like, living that that I was like oh man I think I've I just have never been gayer and we had a good laugh and then I thought about it I couldn't stop thinking about it for like the next two weeks I was just like holy fuck like what am I doing Jenna (laughs) like why am I trying to hold on to bisexuality so strongly when it's not fitting me anymore like it's not my label so why am I holding on to it you know And I think back to the woman I was dating, um, earlier in the winter time, a little bit more like during the fall and winter, and it was like, also, like, it didn't work out, but like, when we were together, when she came and visited me, it was like, the happiest I'd been, you know? I felt so comfortable and normal and just right, you know? Um, so... That's how basically being broken up with helped me realize that I was actually a lesbian. (laughs) No, but it was, it was great. I I think that I, in the end, what I just want to say is that it's just interesting how much I held on to this like young Jenna, this young journey that I had when so much of those younger years of mine and then like emotional abuse i went through and like other traumas i went through that i've done so much unpacking and i'm like pretty good with them right overall (laughs) and i've like learned so much about myself through those those experiences that this last one maybe it's not the last one i'll probably learn something else eventually If I've learned nothing else, it's that, literally, it's never too late to just, like, learn something new. But I realized that, you know, you can still unpack something and (laughs) and find your true identity. And I think that it was ever since I've really latched onto this, I... It really is kind of amazing how much i've started deconstructing and unpacking of like other things i felt and my insecurities like going back to the earlier part of the conversation where i had all these insecurities and like stigmas around like being with a woman like on an intimate level like that's all shedding it's just like coming off of me because i was still centering men And I was still centering, like, my ex-husband and any other man I've ever been with. who has, like, made me feel like I am a tool for their pleasure, you know? Or some kind of weird, like, exotic, like, person they can be with, right? I'm just, like, shedding that over and over again. And it feels so good. And I joke, and I told my therapist, I was like, I don't think I've ever felt more powerful. (laughs) Feel. I feel, like, excited and ready and, like, like ready to just, like, experience more things and to just be more, like, myself and it's just truly, truly a special thing and I really appreciate everyone for coming along on this journey with me. Um, if you've ever been confused about what my label is, you're okay because so have I. <laughs> And I've been gaslighting myself for three years, and I think that's really funny, considering I'm so pro like pro lesbian pro gay pro everything It's like why was I still holding on to this and that's and that's fine. I'm not mad at myself because like you know bisexuality was like my label for so long, and queerness, and I even tried um on for like a couple years um yeah i think the moral of the story is that you can adjust and grow and change and find yourself no matter what time of like life you're in no matter what circumstance you're in no matter what part of this like hellscape that we're in and i think that's just like an important thing to share and i hope this wasn't too much and that it wasn't too uh triggering or weird <laughs> and i hope maybe you just uh maybe relate to it or enjoyed a little story time or maybe got to know me a little bit better for better or for worse um i can't i'm looking at the thing now i've been talking for 41 minutes okay great that's horrible Um, I'm so sorry, so I guess I'm going to log off, but I guess if you have any, I don't know, thoughts or feelings or questions, you know where to find me in the DMs, I'm always there, and we can chat about that and go from there, but, um, I love you all so much, and I really appreciate you, and just honestly, thank you for letting me just, like, get this out, I really needed to just talk about it, and I think that, uh, I yeah i really appreciate it so thank you i love you make sure you rate and review (laughs) you know i have to say before i go sometimes i feel insane trying to like hold space in the bachelor like podcasting space because there's so many podcasts out there and so many like better podcasts and like more popular podcasts. Um and I think that I come off on the Instagram as like a big fucking cunt. <laughs> I am like so bitchy and mean and I don't have a good I don't have good like bedside manner. But I think if anyone has ever actually listened to the podcast they know that I'm like a pretty nice person and that I have like really nuanced takes and like thoughts and opinions and like from a gay lens and from a a human lens from like a, a nuanced lens and i think it's so important that there is like this kind of like voice in bachelor commentary space and there are plenty of podcasts out there who are doing similar things and i think we all just need to like support each other and raise each other up and support the like marginalized like community voices that are out there just like still hanging on (laughs) still out there still doing shit and I hope that you enjoy my little queer lesbian gay community space and if you ever have any suggestions for topics or guests or things to talk about on the podcast I would love it and I always here for it so thank you so much for being here it means a lot to my little independent dumb ass self okay bye